another random fact too. We never told you this. Um, you ever watch short dogs? Like you ever walked, you know, yeah. a vertically challenged dog? You ever seen they normally, for some whatever reason, try to pee on the higher bushes and look kind of goofy? No. Ah, well, they do. Having a midget dog, I, I've noticed and seen this plenty of times, and somewhere I don't know where. It turns out the psychology behind that is because the dog realizes it's probably lower than other dogs, it will hike its leg. I mean, literally lean it like, you know, probably 45, you know, 60 degree angle to try and pee upwards onto bushes and shit, simply because when another dog comes by, it'll smell the pee at a higher elevation and thinks that the scent from that dog is a bigger dog. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing is everything about it is territorial. Like when, when your dog is sitting there with you and the dog puts its hand or its paw over your hand, did you know that's a sign of dominance? I mean, I've heard that. Sometimes yeah. they just want to go pee, though. Well, sometimes they want to go pee, but pee is marking their territory. So they want to mark their territory as high up as they well, can. They're not peeing on me. They just want to outside of the house. They don't get beat. <laughs> I, I don't beat my dog. Peace in the house, I do. Oh, God, we're getting in trouble for that one. Why? Beat's a subjective word. You take a newspaper, you roll it up, you pop it in the ass once or twice and rub its nose in the pee and say, don't do it again. Less is more right here, Zeke. Less is more. I'm just telling you. It's an animal. My name is John Edwards, and with me is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day or night. Say hello to the folks, Zeke Baker. Aloha. Aloha. And it is not an aloha night right now. It has been pouring in Nashville all day. You know it's going to be a jacked up day when you hear them announce the high for the day of 48 in April. Then also you look at like the, the weather timeline for the day and it shows, you know, 1 p.m. at I think 41 or 2 or something. It's like, so 1 p.m. is not the high for the day? <laughs> no, that was 10 a.m. Yeah, and it's going to rain all day too. Oh, man. And I got both kids all day too because uh, daycare may or may not be open. It is a good Friday today. <laughs> and what I would say too is I've had Sophia this week. You know, there was a, a death in my family and my wife is is away at the funeral and we knew that we weren't going to take Sophia to a funeral being three years old. So there was no point in her and I going. So I have had Sophia all week and I will just say I've been taking her to the park. We went and got ice cream. We went to the playground. We, we are going to our friend Jared Thatcher's farm tomorrow. If you know Jared, he does Boot Hill Blades. Great guy. He's just awesome. I'm going to take Sophia up to Jared's farm. We're going to go look at the baby lambs, and we are going to look at the pigs. And You know, in spirit of uh, your, your nice uh, trip last weekend, after she sees the baby lambs, she should see how baby lambs are made. So I should take her back to the zoo and let her see the bears go at it again? No, I assume if he has a baby lamb, he has adult lambs. Yeah, he's got a ram. He's got a ram. Well, it's perfect learning. Remember last weekend when you saw all the bears? Yeah. Well, here's the lambs. This is how the lambs come into the world. 
<laughs> I don't know if we have to go that far. It'd be a great story when she explains it to her mom when she gets back. Oh, I just can't wait. Her mom is going to get back. Guess what I learned. I learned about lambs. Have you ever heard of Red Rocket? No, I don't <laughs> think I'm ever going to teach her that. <laughs> oh, my God. You Here we were having a nice conversation about the kids. And you just made it go way down. Hey, look, we, we don't necessarily always get to do uh, nighttime shows anymore. This is our... Our first blind, and I don't know when. Uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to find that old groove of uh, these type of things. So I'm just feeling my way around and, and seeing where the cards may fall. You're feeling your way around a lot of red rockets right now <clears throat> is what you're doing. Oh, another random uh, story. <laughs> I still remember this because I was petrified Get your popcorn, everyone. I'm a little kid. I don't know what, like fourth, fifth, sixth grade probably. Go to get a new baseball to love, me and Pops. And so we're sitting there, you know, looking at him at whatever Hibbit Sports, wherever it was back then. And, uh, you know, checking a few of them out. And here comes, you know, some store clerk. I'm sure she's a high schooler and attractive female or whatever. And like, hey, you know, just the obligatory, you guys need any help? Pops just looks at her. Nah, we're just fingering them out. Never flinches. I'm like, oh. <coughs> what the? F-? And he just looks at me and winks. And I'm like, dad. <laughs> Wow, I gotta go. I can't even stand in the store right now. Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, does it? <laughs> Let's just say I started picking up things at a tender age. Let's just say that you could. So here we were for <laughs> pulling back the cover of the podcast. We were thinking about what we were gonna do for a cold open. I always like to get some Zeke wisdom in there. And I said, Zeke, what wisdom do you have for this week? And he goes, Ah, you're putting me on the spot. I don't have anything. And now, you've just come out with three great stories, all of which would have been good for a cold open. We know you have those moments when you try to think of something and you can't. And then, all of a sudden, you know, it just flashes right in your mind. Like, uh, Alex and I were messaging this week about something. I not remember what it was, but I told him, I said, I just can't remember what it is. And then, like, 15 minutes later, I'm like, boom! He's like, yeah, Google's great, dummy. I'm like, no, 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 I already didn't Google it. Like, I waited on the brain to come in. This thing's still got some, uh, you know, a few power left. You're like, I went I went to the back. I got the jumper cables. <laughs> yeah. I gave it a good little shock. And then all Stuck of a my big toe in that socket. <laughs> I should mention, for all of you listening, happy Easter. If you celebrate, hope you had a great Easter. Zeke, are you going to do anything good this weekend for Easter? Uh, I was told that we're going to attempt to go to services attempt one or two egg hunts although i mean as much as it's rained today even though knowingly the kids would or layla can't participate but knowing whatever charleston would wear would never fit him again especially not next easter i just don't want to see the kid in good clothes soggy mud bottomed up all i know is that i'm bringing sophia's mud boots like her rain and mud boots up to the farm tomorrow I'm bringing two sets of clothes. I know she's going to get dirty. I know I'm going to have to put stuff in the back of the truck. But you and I were actually thinking about going to the zoo to the Easter egg hunt. And there's just so many people and it's going to be wet in that field. I think Sophia, and you've probably been working with like a tall kitchen bag. Just have her put her legs through the bottom or, you know, bottom. Yeah. Then put the rain boots on and pull it up some. And she could put her arms through like the top neck part of the tall kitchen bag. And just kind of like cinch it in under armpits with something. Like just put a small belt mean, around her or something. You mean a, a poor man's poncho? I mean, uh, don't get mud from head to toe. Protect yeah. But it was, uh, 
last year we did the zoo Easter egg hunt. We're going to go to Fontenelle for Easter and there's a brunch and then I think they're going to do an Easter egg hunt on Sunday. So that'll be good. But man, it would have been crazy. The, the zoo one is crazy and all these kids knock each other over and Sophia's a bruiser. So I just knew that if we went there, she'd knock some kids over and I'd have parents, you know, like here's the thing. And guys, I'm sorry we're talking about kids and we'll get to the whiskey here in a second. But here's the thing. When you are a dad and you have your kid out on your own, whatever your kid does, people look at you like, well, of course your kid's doing that. You're the dad. Like, you're out and you're the dad. And of course your kid's acting up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things that if if Sophia was bruising people and, and bumping into them, I know I'd get looks from other people like... Of course she's doing that. Where's her mom? Mm, I think it's more how you uh, respond and or reprimand. That's what I go with. Kids are going to be kids, man. But how the parent handles like whatever they do, I think that's where you uh, measure out the merit or the integrity of the source. Oh, I know. I mean, and I respond well. I'm not... Yeah, you say, next one's two points. <laughs> I said, I said, I'll give you your 10 bucks when we get back to the car. Yeah, maybe that one's still standing. Try again. <laughs> you know what Sean Payton did with the Saints? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about whiskey here for a second. And I do want to mention before we get into this blind, for those of you that remember, we went back and did a show with Pennington Distilling Company in Nashville, Tennessee. They have released their single barrel of the Tennessee Sour Mash that was picked by Ashley Barnes. If you know Ashley Barnes, you know she has a tremendous palate. But I just want to give you a heads up. It's a distillery-only pick of Tennessee Sour Mash. So that is a great thing. We... Don't make any money off of it. There's nothing tied to it. This is just a distillery in town giving some local love for people that follow Dad's Drink of Bourbon. And I think it's great. And thank you, Jeff, and all the folks over at Pennington to be able to do that for our listeners. And we just want to show people where there's good whiskey. And that single barrel is damn good. And they even have this cool new type of wax that can be twisted off with hand. No pull tabs, no nothing. Yeah. I didn't get the details of what it is, but I mean, cutting edge technology. I should have asked him when I was over there the other day getting my single barrel, but I will ask him again or for the first time. <laughs> yeah. I'll ask him again what I meant to should I ask him again. Yeah, I'll get a do over. Anyways, so our friend Bryant and anybody who follows him on Instagram, it's Bryant on Bourbon. It's Bryant underscore on underscore Bourbon. He is on Twitter, too. He is one of the loyal turkeyites. He is a, what did they say in um, A Christmas Story, where he's like, he was a turkey carnosaurus, or... I don't know this. You you know how the dad in A Christmas Story always likes turkey? Like, he loves turkey, and they do the scene, and then the dogs come in and eat the turkey. I forget how he described... I forget how Ralphie described his dad. I I do truly enjoy how both of us have an affinity for certain movies, and what you recollect and what I recollect are never the same scenes, and usually not even the same movies at times, but there's just that strong emotion behind the the scene and the picture we try to paint. Yeah. Hopefully, between the the two of us, these folks listening get get something out of us. I mean, at least we're diverse, and shit, we don't even try. Somebody's (laughs) going to tell us, though, what is in 
what he said, but it's like he's a turkey carnosaurus or something. But anyways, Bryant loves wild turkey, and he loves other stuff too, but he sent us a blind of four whiskeys. Thank you so much, Bryant, for doing that. This is one of my favorite shows whenever we do this because we have no idea what these four whiskeys are. We just know we have an envelope, and Bryant sent it to us, and we are going to open the envelope at the end and say what these are. Even better, I bogarted the envelope, so I get to do the reveal for once. I know. And there's nothing to set up. We don't know what the proof is right now. We don't even know what they are. We just know we had four bottles that were labeled sample one, sample two, sample three, sample four. I will say that I do know what uh, this labeled as Zeke's side pour is of Seagram's Benchmark 1982 birth year. Did I get a side pour? You're not known for a side pour. Can I take a sip of your side pour? Yeah, I just don't go for my side piece. (laughs) I don't sip on another man's Kool-Aid. That's all I'll say. That's whiny. How about another man's tang? No. Just like an astronaut, I sip my own tang. (laughs) There's a lot of places I feel like that could run, and I'm just going to let it ride out. I was probably more innocent than you thought in that comment. It came out wrong. That's one of those ones where I was like, let's turn the car around and go someplace else. Anyways, man, that's good, though. No, it is. I mean, you know, dusty stuff. And what I appreciate about it the most, honestly, the fact that it's Seagram's, because I don't think anyone other than probably folks significantly older than us would look at Seagram's and think of quality product. But, you know, just as a random side tangent, like when, uh, you know, we were with the old elk folk and, and Metz was talking about all the, the different um, tests and random experiments, essentially, that Seagram's ran back in the 50s and 60s to see what kind of variables and how they affected the juice and other things. At one point, just like this says, you know, benchmark, I feel like they were possibly the benchmark of distilling. Now it's Seagram's and seven. <laughs> well. So there's four of these. We did something interesting. As always, Zeke and I tasted these, but we did not share notes. We had this before we started recording. I didn't go ahead and fast forward the tape this time because we just needed to do this so we could get it down and start talking to each other. There's four of these, but we picked, based off of the nose, which one we thought was going to be the best. Now, before we get into this and start talking about it, which one off of the nose did you say you thought was... It, it's just something fun, guys, that we thought we would try. Just try to identify which one we think we're going to like the most off of the nose. So uh, em- empirical nose knowledge here. I had three is the what I enjoyed the most. One is uh, uh, coming in second place. Two coming in third. And four coming in fourth. Don't worry, folks. We're... We'll, we'll link this in together. Don't don't try to write this down or keep up with it. We're just throwing it out there so we know. No, and this is just fun because we're saying as we go through this, you guys can follow along and know which one we thought was going to be. See, I didn't rank them. You just said, John, let's do something fun, and you tell me which one you think is going to be the best. Yeah, we just like seeing how much, uh, you know, sometimes a nose does follow a pour perfectly, and sometimes it's a complete 180. I just said I thought three was going to be the best nose, or I thought three was the best nose, so we actually uh, agreed. You're learning something. 
So before we open the envelope, what was your ranking on these in general? And then we'll do tasting notes at the, the very end. Honestly, this one held true to form for me. I very simply, granted the palate didn't match the nose necessarily as far as the profile, but looking back at them and, and how I would rank them, I uh, would stick to exactly the same way as I ranked them before I tasted them, just on nose alone. And what was that again? I had the uh, three is the first one, one is the second, two is three, and four is four. Interesting, because I had three, four, two, one was my ranking. I think, before we open the envelope, Brian's a turkey guy. I think two of these are turkey, and I think they're three and four. See, I was kind of all over, and I had the same thought. Was He loves turkey, also has a fair amount of four roses, I'm more than certain. And then I laughed, like, if I had to guess what any of these are, I could just ambiguously put four roses or rustles for all of them, and probably going to get at least one, if not two, right? Because I think number two is a four roses. So with that, at the same time, I just couldn't let myself even try to guess what they were, because I felt like I'm either going to set myself up to fail miserably, or I'm just going to take the low road and still get one or two right, and be like... I thought all of them were four roses or rustles because <laughs> you know there's so much variance in both. It, oh, it, I know. it wouldn't be a, a BS move. Two, and and when we get into the notes, we'll talk about this. But I, it was so floral to me that I thought two was four roses, and uh, <laughs> I, I could already tell Zeke and I have different notes. So before we get in too deep, let's open the envelope. <laughs> oh man, I love it when you say floral and my notes don't say anything about it. Well. But you have been stuffy lately. The world has been, I think. At least you live in the middle of Tennessee. One, four roses, OESK, a 10-year, one-month, 58.5% pick from Morganelli's in Columbia, South Carolina. Two, Russell's Reserve single barrel, Camp Nelson's F. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? It's the rare bird pick. That's interesting. Three, Russell's Reserve Single Barrel, Rick House Inn, Jay's Bottle Shop in Athens, Georgia. This is back from 2014. I know he's told me about this pick before. Did you go visit there before? Uh, 2014 was well past my prime, and anywhere I shopped it, I may not be in business anymore. I don't know. That was uh, some years ago. Sample four, OWA, NCF. Wholesale Wine and Spirits, Sumter, South Carolina. We were somewhat in the wheelhouse. I wasn't expecting the OWA, but we were somewhat in the wheelhouse of what we were expecting. <laughs> I'm going to laugh knowing these are reading out some notes. Well, let's go ahead and do it. So what did you get for number one? Number one, I thought it was musty, minty, smoky. It almost at some point reminded me of like charcoals off a barbecue grill or something really. And then kind of like developing on that theme, I ended up going into a, a well-done steak with easily a fair amount of salt on it. I ate steak well You've done. You've had like the tasting notes the past two episodes. You're like, this is bacon and salt. And now you're like, this is steak and salt. Well, I mean, for supper, I had chicken salad, not mixed chicken salad, but chicken with lettuce. I don't know, dude. Palette-wise, it, it gave me some weird berry flavor that I could not really place. Maybe something between tea berry or elderberry, and I even had to look those up to make sure that was what I was 
perceiving. For whatever reason, it seemed to have a, a chalky feel. And I know that's not really the best note, but for those of us old enough that had to write on the boards at school repeatedly, some uh, Bart Simpson-esque type thing, you know what it feels like to have a chalkboard dust in your mouth. No, and we would always get in trouble because I went to Catholic school. We would always get in trouble because every time we got to go out to recess, we would just wrestle. And people would jump off the top rope, being like jump off the top of the swing and or or the slide, and <laughs> we would come in, and our ties would all be, you know, ripped and loose, and our shirts would be dirty, and we weren't really allowed out to recess a lot, but we would have to clean the chalkboards whenever whenever we got in trouble, we had to stay for recess and wash the chalkboards, oh, and man. it's just that taste that you get almost you can't help it but you get it in your mouth yeah. as you're washing those and um it's funny you say that i'm gonna let you finish and get to your your finish uh-huh. no you're good yeah no, i don't do finish too much i mean but i got the same thing on my palate the funny thing is the nose for me i got malted chocolate but the taste i said it was chalky hot and spicy cinnamon red hot and at first, I thought I would really like this one more, but I got a super singe from it, which is funny because it's only 117 proof. It's not like a higher proof for roses, but I just got burned. Like it was, the finish wasn't bad. There was nice, there was nice warmth in the chest, but my mouth was on fire like hot chicken. I wrote, I might need some milk because every, <laughs> it was... It was not one of those ones that had heat or spice like that to me. It was like I ate hot pizza and I burnt my mouth. What was the first pour? It was the first pour, but I had a warm-up before you got over. Okay, because, I mean, being cash strength in the first pour, that's a, a factor at least. But it is one of those things where I was like, man, this one's hot. Like, and I even had, I even went back to it after I had others just because I was like, this is a little hot. It scorched my mouth. Wow. I didn't get anywhere near any of that. But All right. We'll switch off. Number two, which was the Russell's Reserve. It is the Rare Bird one in a century. I liked this one. I put it third, but I mean, it easily could have tied second for me. I think when we get down, because at first I only picked number three that I liked the best and then the rest I was looking back at my notes saying what were the other ones I, I kind of liked but mm. two I said it was a floral bouquet on the nose I got floral notes caramel and vanilla on the taste I was keeping all this pretty simple and then I said slight spice in my mouth but overall it goes down smooth it was a very enjoyable pour there wasn't anything bad with it you really don't like the <laughs> The, the original nose in here on this one. Go ahead. First thing I got was um, literally like a mixing up burger meat in a bowl. Raw burger meat with a little light seasoning, a little Worcestershire, etc. And you're making burger patties. We got to get you to go vegan or something, <laughs> man. If I use tofu or something as a note, people are going to punch me. The funny thing is, as I, as I revisit this now that I know what it is and it's, all biased, but it's also been sitting out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. The finish, you get that funk. It really... I it, tried it as you were talking, and I didn't get it as much as I remember on the pours from the bottle. But what I, I do notice about it, and kind of similar to like the, the sapphire we had recently, is just the, 
an amazing viscosity and thickness that you just, it's just big and bold. And maybe there's not a ton of complexity in the variety of flavors, but everything that's there is just kind of ramped up and just big. And whenever I'm mentioning caramel and vanilla, because you can pretty much say caramel and vanilla for any bourbon, <laughs> but when I mention that, it those are the things, because that kind of comes back to the viscosity that you were talking about. If I get caramel, I am thinking of like a caramel candy, like caramel that's in the middle of a candy bar, like that thick, viscous caramel. Mm -hmm. Whenever I mention caramel, that's what I think of. If I... If it's like a a thin caramel, I never really mention that. But this is something thick that's like in the middle of a candy bar. It's definitely got some substance to it. I think it's one of those ones, too. And I'll shut up and let you finish. But <laughs> I think it's one of those ones, too, that is a... It's like Four Roses 130th. It, it does better when you let it sit out for a little bit. <laughs> Could easily see that one, too. So moving on past the burger meat, <laughs> I got copper pipe, some mint, and the nose itself was just somewhat faint. Thinking about it, in three-fourths of the way through a bottle, I really don't know how often I ever really nosed it. I think really this was just straight taster for me always. So I don't know, I have to think about it and check well, the bottle when I get home, but... I like when we were tasting this and we try not to talk to each other too much while we're going through this because we want to save it for the show. But you said two is kind of a faint number one, isn't it? And it's funny. It kind of knows like that for roses. Yeah. Palette wise, put down, it has some oak to it for sure, but it was not a bitter or drying oak. That was just the main flavor that kind of popped up across the tongue. There was vanilla that came in behind it, and then after that, a, a good rye sensation that just built up from mid to back, and it never got overwhelming. You know, as we mentioned, the viscosity of the pour, that kind of just built up and progressed all the way through, uh, definitely starting around the mid-palate. I guess my turn to keep the ball rolling here. Number three, which was another Russell's pick, this one back 2014 and out of uh, Jay's Bottle Shop in good old Classic City. Georgia, go dogs, <laughs> fruity and floral, especially the first time I sniffed it. Um, just I got very tart cherries, like the dark red ones, almost even as dark as a cranberry. But I, I just visually, that was what I saw. I mean, it was right there in my, my mind. After that, it seemed to show just a little bit of youth. I put down that it was kind of almost grainy and grassy a little bit at times, just from some younger products we've had. And, and then just very... You know, thin hits of uh, caramel, and kind of to, you, to your theme of um, you know the the thickness. This would be more like a like a Charleston chew kind of product, where you have very light colored caramel with like the sugars in the middle. That's where it was. I said it was a red wine turkey funk. Is kind of what I I just equated the nose to, and then. The taste, I said it was floral, vanilla, caramel, slight leather with a little bit of chocolate. Red wine turkey funk. Is that one of the master's keeps? There is a red wine master's keep, but this was, it was more where I was going with that. It was kind of a fruity turkey funk. Okay. You know, I could get the fruit on there on the nose. The finish, 
I said it just sticks around for the right amount of time. Great finish, lingers nicely, only a slight hug, just good. I got you. Actually, I think I forgot to do palette for that one. It just had a dusty feel to me. You know, some of the dusties just seem, I don't think it's oxidized, but just the, the whole uh, texture of it at first seems different. I honestly thought he double dipped me on the side pour just to see if I would pick it up. And I wish I wasn't sure of till <laughs> trying that later. It had a fair rye presence somewhere between, you know, a York peppermint patty or thin mints, but added sugars to it. It's hard to describe without thinking of a specific product, but definitely just young sugars in there. Um, there's plenty of candies in the world. For this was just an off-profile OWA. I just went back and sipped it again. What? Oh, no, I'm giving that look because I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, I'll, well, I'd sometimes, I'll, 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 save my, I'll save my piece until you roll. Sometimes <laughs> when I get that look, it's kind of a look and, John, what the hell are you saying? But this is a very off-profile OWA. I went back and tasted it again. I'm like... I'm still not getting OWA from this, and I even know it's OWA at this point. It noses like a white wine to me. It was not nosing like anything I would get from an OWA. The taste, I even said, is fruity and floral. It's not... It doesn't taste like 107. I'm not getting a burn. There was a slight spice in my mouth, but other than that, it was very smooth it just wasn't what I would have expected from an OWA. Same here, and he didn't put down the year of you know, when this came out. My gut would tell me, based on last year's stuff, this was probably a last year's pick. Nose-wise, I have faint mint, even fainter sweetness. Anything it just kind of reminds you of what you smell while you're chewing Wrigley's gum. It bewilders me. Just simply the fact of mint showing up on notes with the wheater again. But we've had it not only from us, but other people in shows. And you just kind of go back to the, they put wheat in there to replace the rye. The rye is supposed to be the mint. I agree, this does not taste like OWA that I've had in my mind at all. Palette-wise, again, I put on predominantly mint, even to the point of clove and oak together and then just a very light chocolate and tasting it now I, I wouldn't say anything any differently it definitely doesn't change anything to me knowing that it's OWA and it still tastes the same you know which is I don't think either one of us as a reflex would say yeah good OWA right there yep and I know we know what they are and I was very torn you know because when you said do your ranking and you went I was only prepared to do three I am definitely a three, two, four, one on this. I'm still at one scorched me a little bit, but I I am definitely three, two. The Russells win this one out for me. The one and two between those two four roses and the, the rare bird pick, I was more or less 50-50 on. Neither one was strong enough for me to change what I'd felt from the nose. Three definitely was still... Three was consistent. It, it's what I thought was the best one. And four, I definitely didn't care for the most. I didn't mind four. I didn't mind it. I still am getting a little heat even now from one. 
And this is after we've gone through everything. I've gone back. I'm still getting a little heat there. It's got a little creamy, but now it's creamy heat. I'm still getting heat on it. So I just say, you know, Bryant, if you have any more of that 2014 Russell's, holler at your boy. <laughs> you know, if he's got that, uh, it, it's put up. Yeah. <laughs> 2014. I know. He's got, hopefully, he had a case and he has one for each of us. And then we'd be really, or we'll just do a bottle split. We're not greedy. Yeah, 9010. <laughs> yeah, you'd say, hey, John, I finally want to thank you for all the work you do for the show while I just show up and drink. I, I, I do work. Kind of. Like a post a month? <laughs> you did post today. I, I posted twice this week. Yes. Twice. You, you get two gold stars. Won't be anything for the next three weeks, though. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, hope you all had a great Easter. You will see us this week. If you are at the Nashville Cocktail Festival, please come say hi to us. We are going to be there. If you have tickets to the sold-out Husk Dinner and Jim Beam experience Thursday night. We will be there. Please come say hi to us. Please also find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us on Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Twitter at Bourbon Dads. Join our Facebook group. Answer a couple questions. Come in. We'd love to have you. Please find us on your favorite podcast app, which I figured you already have. Please leave us an open and honest review. Those reviews really help us. It helps other people find our show. So please go ahead and go in there and Give us a review. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, I know what I was thinking. Oh, other folks have sent us blinds. We have them. We are working to get there. This was just the first one in the, the queue. We hope to have some more of the, these old school blind shows pumped out in the next uh, week or three, hopefully. It is our bread and butter. Don't hold us to it. But we're trying to get there. Sorry. Just uh, been a busy little stretch of time. Cheers. Ciao.